Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. How you doing, Pastor Joel? I'm okay. You are? What? You're, what what's wrong, buddy? Well... This, this topic, it's kind of got me down a bit. Is it, is it because today's topic is depression? Maybe. That might be it. Well, maybe if you give us some background on the topic, would you, would okay. you, would, would, would that help? Would, I'll give, that, I'll give her a shot. I know that the, the topic of depression can kind of depress people. It sure so, can. So maybe let's uh, let's give him some hope, and then and uh, how about you give us some background on the yeah? Let's give people some hope. That sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. There is an infestation of mental health issues in the church. Infestation. Infestation. Ooh. The depression and suicide rates have even increased for pastors. Yep. It even looks like all of this has accelerated since the church in America has embraced the godless Christianity movement and bragged about not being able to define God's nature. Because you know what? We love the mystery. Ooh. So we did an exhaustive explanation of God's nature in the previous six episodes. Furthermore, we've seen that church leaders who have created ministries to deal with mental health issues have even themselves succumbed to these issues after telling people about the benefits of their ministry. Whoa. So there's enough of an infestation of mental health issues in the church mm -hmm. that ministries are being created to deal with those issues. But we're seeing there are church leaders in these ministries dealing with those mental health issues themselves after telling people that they're a leader in a ministry that helps people with those issues. Wow. Yeah. So how, so how have people been hurt by this in the church? Well, these mental health issues have been treated as causes when in fact they are effects. Hmm. So here's a real important line to remember. This is the cause to mental health issues. Mm-hmm contradictions in our belief systems combined with a lack of humility. So for example, hmm. if a ministry leader succumbs to the issue that their own ministry proposes to eliminate, does their ministry lack the answer? Or did the leader not use the resources that they were promoting? Can you give me an example of that? If I was going to say to you, I'm in a ministry that yeah. helps people deal with depression. Yep. But then I succumb to depression. Ah. Is it because I didn't actually have the answer? Or is it because I didn't use the answer that my ministry has? Perfect. Ooh which this is the implication here is either the leader is a fraud or a hypocrite. Mm. 
We covered how a lack of humility proves a person isn't a believer. When we did the humility episode, we're like, this is like one of the foundational characteristics that a, like a Christian's supposed to be humble, right? Right. In this episode, we're going to focus on the effect of contradictions on people. Nice. So here's a little info about how God created our brain. God gave us direct control over 10% of our brain. This is known as the conscious brain. So I can do things in this part of my brain. Yes. We call it, in some of our episodes, the human brain, the human thought process. Nice. The rest of our brain is the unconscious, which is also the cause of all our energy. We are not in direct control of this 90% of our brain. Mm. The 90% cannot operate in opposition to causality or non-contradiction. Okay. Those principles of causality and non-contradiction that we've used throughout all these episodes, the unconscious brain cannot work in opposition to those. However, the 10% of our brain, the conscious brain that we do have direct control over is where we can lie. It's where our memories and our imagination work, right? So we know I have pictures of the my memories of the way things happened in my life. That's not always, or maybe even rarely is, exactly 100% factually accurate to how it happened in my external reality. Mm-hmm. So that's where the source of a lie is from, the, is from the 10%. That's the conscious brain. So I can... In my conscious brain, in my 10%, choose to try to live in opposition to reality. So imagine how ill human beings would be if we had control over more than 10% (laughs) of our brain. (laughs) Yep. Mental health issues are already a plague in the world and in the church. Oh, yeah. It would be so much worse. Oh, yeah. So here's a way that contradictions have manifested themselves in most areas. When people judge others for something and then avoid admitting they are wrong when they do the same thing. When that happens, the unconscious brain depresses a person's energy until they resolve the contradiction. That depressing of your energy Mm -hmm. is meant to get your attention that you have a contradiction that needs to be resolved, not embraced, not celebrated. So I am judging others for cutting me off in traffic and, and then I'm not admitting that I cut other people off in traffic? So you cut someone off in traffic? Yeah. Or sorry, so then someone cuts you off in traffic. You say they're a bad driver. They're a bad driver. And I'm in the passenger seat with you. Yep. And five minutes later, you cut someone off in traffic. And I say to you, wait a minute. Didn't you just like, are you a bad driver? And in that moment, if you avoid admitting that you were wrong to judge Uh. that other person, your unconscious brain is going to depress your energy until you resolve the contradiction. And now your unconscious brain doesn't care which way you resolve it. At this point, we're not talking about the integrity of a person. We're just talking about your unconscious brain 
It's a supercomputer. It just want to works. It's it just wants to work according to causality and non-contradiction. And and when you pose a contradiction, it's like you threw a wrench into the mechanism and it's slowing down and it's depressing your energy and it's getting your attention, resolve the contradiction. At this point, your unconscious brain wants you to do one of two things. You either admit that the guy who cut you off isn't a bad driver, Mm -hmm. which gets you off the hook then for not being a bad driver, right? Right. Or you admit that, yep, that guy's a bad driver and I'm a bad driver too. Either way, it resolves the contradiction. And then your unconscious brain will relieve you of that depressing of your energy. So how do people support this position in the Bible? Okay, so mental health issues are effects. That's, that's the big conflict, right? We treat them in the churches, treating them as a cause when they aren't, they're in effect. So the way this works is if I have depression, if it's a cause, it's something I have direct control over and I can make myself not depressed anymore in my own effort. You know what? Jesus says to be joyful, then be joyful. Jesus said, peace be with you, have peace. John, you know what? Pastor Jonathan, John 15, 11 says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be made full. Jesus spoke the words that he did so that we could be full of joy. So be joyful, Pastor Jonathan, uh, or you know what? Or you're not a doer of the word. Oh. So what this did is, it, again, joy is an effect, not right. a cause. So the way these people support their beliefs about mental health issues from scripture is by taking scriptures like this and treating effects like it's a cause. Jesus said he did this so your joy may be full. So be joyful, Pastor Jonathan. Ah, It's like treating an effect like a cause. Right. What's the cause of being? You know what? What's the cause of being joyful then? No. No, 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 no. Just be joyful. Just do it. Just, just we're, we're be... not, we're not, tre- we're treating mental health issues the same. Mm-hmm. Just stop being depressed. Right. So if someone came to me and was just like, you know, Pastor Jonathan, be joyful. You're not a doer of the word. How do I argue against this? So what's the actual issue going on here? How do I, so someone just wants me to have this result and I'm supposed to just get this result in some sort of magical way, like I'm depressed. So they tell me to be joyful. How do I, how do I argue against this? Yeah. The, the argument against this, the way I defend myself is, is helping this person understand that that method of trying to actually remove their mental health issues is probably the reason they're dealing with mental health issues in the first place. Because when I treat an effect like it's a cause, it's a contradiction. And a contradiction leads to depression. So what most likely these people are doing who are coming at me are doing the same thing they're trying to tell me to do. They're treating an effect like a cause. You know what, Joel, just have this behavior. Why? 
because the Bible says to. But these people are actually focused on effects. So most likely this is the reason why the person got depressed in the first place. Nice. They were focused on effects as if they were causes before they got depressed. So why is focusing on and doing the same thing after they get depressed going to reverse this? So that's what I would want to be helping these people see is the behavior you're exhibiting is the same behavior that caused the depression. Mm-hmm. How is this depression going to, or how is this behavior going to help you get out from under the depression when this behavior is the cause of it in the first place? So, you know, so this effect that people want me to have is like this, th- there's a result. So joy is a result yeah. of some other cause or some reason So when people say, you know, they're focused on a result as if they were like, I had joy is the result that I had and now I'm depressed. So the, the way that I just resolve my depression is by being joyful. Just be joyful is what's going to damage me. Yeah, it's going to make you worse. It's going to perpetuate the cycle of depression. Right. Nice. So where we're at right now is with the strict perspective um, is that people are, they're trying to get you to replace uh, the causes in your life with effects. And that's damaging people's brains. And what's going on right now is that we are in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. A mental health pandemic. Yep. Not only in the world, not only outside the church, but in the church. Yeah. Ouch. Well, let's go over to the loose side of the perspective. But, oh, you know what? Actually, before we do that, let's take a call from, oh, look who it is, Pastor Richard Tater. Go ahead, Pastor Dick, you're on the line. Uh, Hello, Pastor Jonathan. It's so good to hear from you again, Mrs. Tater. Hello, Pastor Joe. Oh, hey, Mrs. Tater. Welcome to the show again. How is Pastor Tater doing today? Much better, sweetheart. The last episode has led to Dickie studying his Bible. He said there are over a hundred references to Justin Judgment, which is actually Justin Ryan. He is seen right and just from the beginning to the end, and especially in Job. Did y'all know that the book of Job stated God's nature and how God brings about his will? Yeah, we did know that. We we actually referenced Job in an earlier episode. There is a lot of people that miss that in that book. I'm impressed that you saw it, Mrs. Tater. Oh, thank you, Pastor Joe. You're so sweet. That leads to what I wanted to share. <clears throat> I've seen pastors say that God wants them to be depressed. 
However, I know God is right and just. So how could it be right and just for God to have a past to be depressed? I do so appreciate y'all taking my call. And I don't want to take any more of your time. I will listen to your answer. Oh, and by the way, this is my favorite podcast listen to multiple times <laughs> well anyway god bless you both bye-bye wow well thank you for the call mrs tater that was excellent way to go any thoughts pastor joel yeah always you know whether it's pastor tater or mrs tater yeah. regardless of the, the calls they've they've given us over these episodes it, it always seems to add to the conversation. So thanks for the call. And now we do see why understanding God's nature is so important. God wouldn't want a pastor to be depressed. However, God could use the pastor's depression to help others. How? By the pastor learning how to overcome depression and then helping others do the same. Mm. The key to overcoming depression is resolving the contradiction, which requires humility. Admit you are wrong in how you judged other people. Nice. So what is the loose perspective, Pastor Joel? Again, the loose side of this argument still tries to avoid causing pain. Mm. The person isn't going to see the depressed person as being the cause of their depression. So what they want to do, they, they don't want to cause pain. They want to say that there isn't an answer or there is nothing that we can do about it so that the person trying to help is actually appears to avoid causing pain in the short term, causing pain immediately. However, these people who are saying there isn't an answer, there's nothing we can do about it. Oh, it's just something you have to deal with mm. are making these people worse over the long term. For example, I have actually heard a pastor tell me that he was depressed and that there was nothing he could do about it because it was simply the result of the curse of sin in the world. Wow, so there's literally nothing he can do about it. It's because of sin. So how have people been hurt by that perspective, Pastor Joel? Well, the pastor who said this to me put himself in the position, like you said, of not being able to fix this issue and it not appearing to be God's fault. Oh. However... The person is actually blaming God, hmm. which is what Job did. Because hmm. these people, what they're really doing is they are really saying that God knows there is sin in the world and he is either unwilling or unable to help us. In the book of Job, Elihu told Job that Job would have gotten through his situation if he had first looked to justify God. If God is right and just, then we are the cause of the problem. Yeah. This loose side of this perspective doesn't have the understanding that God is right and just. 
So they end up blaming God without even realizing that's what they're doing. Just like Job. Wow. Okay. So if it's, if that, so the pastor's saying that God is not able or that the position of not being able to fix it and appearing like it's not God's fault, but that pastor is actually blaming God because either God is unwilling or unable either he can't or he doesn't want to help them through their depression or get rid of right. depression. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, wow. that's where the, his first step was to justify himself, not God. It's sin. It's not me. It's not. It's right. a, so ju- the justification is it's not anything that I'm doing wrong. Right. It's then, in the world. It's yep. the world's fault. The curse is sin in the world, which the implication. So he immediately feels like he's off the hook mm. and it's sin's fault. Okay. He doesn't feel, it doesn't appear in the moment that God has anything to do with it. But the immediate implication is God knows about it and God's not doing anything about it. So it's either because God's unwilling or unable to do anything about it. Wow. Which that's going to be a contradiction and make it even worse perpetuating the cycle again like you said earlier yeah so how do you how do you confront someone who says that how do you so someone's coming in uh, coming at you saying you know it, it's it's not my fault it's it's sin in the world it's it, it's not god's fault it's the sin's fault how, how do you how do you address those people trying to get off the hook i actually said to the pastor if depression is an effect of sin in the world, then why doesn't everyone have depression? Why isn't Wait, everyone dealing with what you're dealing with right now? What was his response to that? He ra- he he didn't answer the question. He just oh, okay threw flares at me, which I was I was happy with how I responded to that because at this point, when we're dealing with people on the loose side, remember the point is to love them, to ask these questions that ought to cause them to recognize there is a contradiction. But if I'm expecting an answer, remember, these are people that are actually operating from the 90%, the unconscious brain, the animal. We can't directly teach them and we have to learn how to give up control over interacting with these people. So he didn't answer the question, but it it did happen to be the second to last time him and him and I ever met. And uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. So (laughs) we met one more time and. And it was kind of like a goodbye me. It felt like we were breaking up. Oh, man. It did. Wow. But what this does is this question, what it does is it exposes the fact that there must be a cause that they aren't accounting for that results in some people not being depressed. That's why that question was so great. It exposed that sin in the world doesn't account for the cause. Nice. depression if it did everyone would be depressed unless this person says it's god's will but then they're back to blaming god so this guy can't say well that's just what god wants because that exposes another contradiction or maybe he can say this is just how god wants it this is just something we have to deal with and then he's he's guilty of blaming god which that is not a place i want to be at 
Me neither. So when you see this going on in the church, Pastor Joel, this response to depression on the loose side and on the strict side, what are your thoughts? I get bummed out. We don't understand how how to repair some of the the most important issues to repair in the church. Mm. And, you know, the, the things that you and I are doing to, to help people overcome these, it is, it is helping people get off of depression meds and it is helping people live a life of joy because we're, and, and we don't have special answers from special revelation. We just are trying to interpret God's word in a non-contradictory fashion, regardless of what it does to our own beliefs. Yeah trying to embrace what God says about the brain, what God says about depression, what God says about mental health issues. And, mm. and I'm bummed that the church, it used to be the place people went to, to get help. And it's become the place that you get hurt. And there happened, you know, there's three categories of people as it relates to this topic of depression. There's yeah. the people we feel sorry for. Mm-hmm. These are the people who are depressed and are unwilling to get the help they need to remove that depression. Nice. Yeah. They're blaming God without realizing. I would say that the pastor I interacted with is somebody like, it's a guy I felt bad for because I actually offered the help he would have needed in order to overcome this depression, but he didn't want it. Mm. He would have rather stayed depressed and right. Okay. Holding on to his perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I want to continue to use this as my, my quote reason for depression. Right. Then there's the people we understand. These are people who are depressed and have not yet found the right answer, but they know the church is teaching God's nature wrong Mm. and they avoid the bad advice and the bad influences that led to the depression in the first place. So these people leave the church. We understand why people leave the church. People who, they got depressed, and they may even have realized the reason I'm depressed is because of the belief, the beliefs I was taught from the church. Yeah. Then there's the people that we're impressed with. These are the people who seek, who are seeking out who God is, regardless of what it does to their currently held beliefs. They're humble enough to deal with the discomfort of removing the contradictions in their lives. And because of that, these people are either on their way to removing the depression in their lives, or they already have. Mm. So again, the people we look up to, we're not saying it's people who aren't depressed. We're saying it's people who are dealing in the right manner with the causes of their depression. That's amazing. So what is our ultimate answer, Pastor Joel? What is our conjunctive answer? The ultimate conjunctive answer would be having a non-contradictory model for your beliefs, especially the keywords that make up your beliefs. So that's, that's this have a non-contradictory model for your belief system, for Mm. your worldview. Nice. Why? 
depressions and effective contradictions. So if I have a non-contradictory model for my worldview, for the beliefs that make up my worldview, it will dissolve the issue of depression. Nice. One of the reasons we do this podcast is to help people get non-contradictory definitions for the keywords used in the Bible. And we have helped many people get over depression through embracing humility, giving them God's definitions to his words, and embracing fellowship. Nice. And we even have a program that is open to everyone, including leaders in the church. So please, little pitch here for you, check out the Mulk Kimberly webpage. It's linked, it'll be linked below. If you are a leader who is interested in the restoration program, we call it the restoration program. It's the program we help people go through to learn how to bear their own burden and how to understand the world we live in, who God is and what our responsibility is in that world. Mm-hmm. The site, the, the Malt Kimberly website also has the animation we discussed in the previous episode. I want to pitch that again for you here too. The animation about God's nature and the need for the church to know and understand God. It's titled God wants to be known. Please watch the animation. It's incredible, really, really effective and really, really efficient. And uh, yeah, consider sharing it too. But before we end there, the, the one of the, there's an interesting thing that actually happened with uh, C.S. Lewis and a famous atheist named Anthony Flew. They actually had a debate. And long after C.S. Lewis died in 2004, Anthony Flew came to the realization that God must exist. This famous atheist finally comes to the realization God must exist. His reason? The principle of causality, which we covered in our God's existence episode. He recognized there had to be a first cause, which we would call God. But Anthony Flew then went on to say that this God that exists couldn't be the God represented by Christians. What was his reason for that? The principle of non-contradiction, which we've talked about a lot in this episode. He stated the explanation for God's nature that was expressed by Christians was contradictory, which we have learned leads to depression. So let me ask you, has the church gotten better or worse since 2004? Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.